What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chrisomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Welcome back, my friends, to another installment of the podcast that we call, what's well, a very original name, the Chris Van Vliet Show. Thank you for downloading this episode, and I got to warn you, uh, it might make you a little bit emotional. I mean, if you watch Being the Elite, you know exactly who Brandon Cutler is. Chances are that his story has made you a little bit emotional before, uh, you know, the episode where the Young Bucks offered him a contract. One of those situations where it's like, I'm not crying, it's it's uh, the allergies. It's really dusty this time of year. Um, so Brandon does a great job of diving into this story but in a nutshell basically he left wrestling maybe it was his dream to be a pro wrestler he left wrestling for seven years came back was traveling with his childhood best friends the young bucks was shooting being the elite for them and when they started up aew kind of their way of saying thank you to him was by offering him as a job offering him a job not just as a wrestler but also an executive to create content he explains it in in a great way Uh, But it's just a story that makes you realize that hard work pays off. And I love that. I also love these five-star reviews you've been leaving. Uh, Like this one from Tommy Alaska, who has the headline, Chris Van Vleur, like MJF says. That's his whole title. Chris Van Vleur, like MJF says. And yes, that's what MJF calls me. What a nice guy he is. Uh, Here's what it says. I'm new to his show and podcast. I found him a short while ago when I viewed his interview with Chris Jericho in the back of a car. I decided to dig deeper and I found myself subscribing. Keep up the great work, Chris. Well, thank you, Tommy Alaska. Very nice. Uh, Keep these reviews coming in. And it's so funny that Chris Jericho interview. People talk to me about that one all the time. Uh, Obviously, the content of it was really interesting. It was I think the first interview, the first big interview Jericho did after signing with AEW, but also we did it in the back seat of his car. Um, not by design. We just did it because that was the most convenient place to do that interview. Um, so thank you. I'm going to keep reading these reviews on, on here as kind of a way to encourage you to leave these reviews. I mean, the podcast as of today is officially two weeks old. I'd say we're off to a pretty good start. Uh, so thank you for being with us on this journey. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. And we couldn't do it without our sponsors. So the Chris Van Fleet Show is brought to you by Green Roads. And not all CBD products are created equal. I mean, we've heard a lot about CBD for a while. The CBD boom is happening now. Everybody thinks they have great CBD products. A lot of them are actually not very good at all. Some of them don't even have CBD in them. Green Roads was formed by pharmacists. It's a pharmacist-founded company. And they're dedicated to improving the lives of everybody who takes it. People like me. I take their CBD oil, super easy to take, under the tongue, and uh, really just kind of helps just 
ease my day, just kind of take a little bit of the stress off. And I've been, well, this interview, for example, is a great example of, this interview, for example, is a great example. You know what I'm saying. It's a great example of that. I was actually at a wedding the night before in Cincinnati with my girlfriend. I knew this interview with uh, Brandon Cutler and the Young Bucks was happening early on Sunday morning. So I woke up at 4 a.m. in Cincinnati to board a flight at 6 a.m. to fly back to Miami and land at 9 a.m. to then jump in my friend's car and get to the Miami Beach Convention Center by 10 a.m. to do this interview after being at a wedding the night before. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so the CBD oils really kind of just help take off the stress there. Use my code CHRIS15 for 15% off your order at greenroadsworld.com. CHRIS15 for 15% off. The CVV Show, also brought to you by the microphone that I'm speaking into right now, the headphones that I'm wearing as well from Samson Technologies. Uh, they've really helped me get my podcast off the ground, and you can go to samsontech.com to check out their full lineup. And speaking of checking things out, Please, right now, check out my very inspiring chat with Brandon Cutler. Thank you for making the time to do this. Thank you for having me. Yeah, like, uh, and you're, you're usually uh, often on the other side of the camera, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the Bucks, I was on the other side. <laughs> yeah, and not, and not everybody knows this, that you're like one of the main people shooting stuff on Being the Elite. Yeah, yeah. I counted, uh, I, I did that actually on the, the firefight uh, behind the scenes one. Uh, I counted how many shots there were. There was like 20-something, and I think 18 or 19 of those shots were filmed by me. Oh, wow. Because I, I was just curious of, like, I'd watch the episode, and I'd be like, oh, I shot that. Oh, yeah. I shot that, too. I shot that also. That one I didn't shoot, though. <laughs> and I, then I just I was like, I wonder how many shots I, I would do in a normal episode. So I counted that one. Um, but I'm like, oh, yeah, so it's like, you know, 75% of stuff like uh, that. It's the Bucks' creative ideas, but then they'll they'll task me to be like, oh, get this shot for us kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and I'll just carry it out for them. If we take it back to the beginning, how did this even start for you, getting to know the Young Bucks and, you know, now getting to travel uh, around with them? Yeah, we, we grew up together in the same town, and they were the kids with the backyard ring. And so, <laughs> like, you know, just being – I think I met them when I was 11 or 12 or something. And so just hearing that in our town of like, oh, they have a, a ring in their backyard. You know, they're the they're the stars in the in the, the city. And yeah, so of course. That's how we met. And like, you know, our love of wrestling just like, you know, kept us friends for all the all these years and stuff. But like getting to help with the, uh, the behind the scenes with being the elite and stuff was just always hanging out with them. Like uh, if we'd be on a, a show or something or like if I was like, OK, I just tag along with you guys and like just hang out because they're always so busy. We don't get to hang out outside of wrestling. So like that's kind of an excuse for us to hang out. It's like, let me just go to you guys' show with you, and then like I'll just help with whatever you need help with. Yeah. And then it would usually just be that of like, oh, you guys need that shot here? I'll film it for you or something. Which I, you know, a lot of times would be Flip back before when they were in ROH. Yeah. It'd be Flip Gordon doing that for them, kind of a thing. So it was like now that they're out of ROH, like I just kind of took Flip's like behind the scenes <laughs> shot. <laughs> now that they're out of ROH and you know obviously making good money with AEW, are you worried they're going to bring in a production crew? Uh, not not necessarily to replace me at all or anything. Not to replace I know you, but like on the weekly TV, it's going to be a, like a whole production crew kind of. A sure, thing. but being the elite could be shot with like you know, Canon, you know, seven Ds and like yeah. edited by you know all stuff that I'll never be familiar with. As as much as ever since I got this job, I've been flooded with like, oh, you guys should switch to this now. You guys should get this I'm or this sure. is a cool thing, and I'm like. I don't think I'll ever learn that. I think, like, the, the <laughs> charm of being the elite is that it's shot on a cell phone, honestly. Yeah. Like, that's what is nice. And then it's it's so convenient, too, because, I mean, we'll do a, a weekend, like, loop or something, and, like, Nick's editing it on that tour, and he wants to have it up Monday morning, like, yeah. California time, like, 10 o'clock California time. 
And so like that means we need to get all that content we shot to Nick. And so when it's on these high def cameras or anything, any shots we do happen to get with one of those, like Nick hates it. It's like, oh, it takes so long to upload or download or Yep. So it, it's the ease of the phone is what makes this a weekly show, honestly. This it's, is that's the why we can crank it out. It's the exact same reason that I shoot on an iPhone. Yeah, I actually got a behind-the-scenes shot yeah, of your yeah. guys' setup, too. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> the re Honestly, the reason that I shoot on the iPhone is because most cameras won't allow you to shoot for 30, 40, 50, 60 true, minutes. Yeah, like They'll the shut off. insane amount of memory. Oh, like, my yeah. God. <laughs> I, you know, I can take this off my phone. This interview will be three, four, five gigabytes. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. If this was shot on one of those other cameras... Spend oh, all day trying Lord. to get it yeah. off of there. And that's what I think people don't see is the, uh, like, guys, this needs to just be easy and accessible. And that's why it can get pumped out weekly. Because yeah. if, if it was the other way, it's already, like, somewhat stressful of, like, it, almost every week Nick's like, I don't know if I'm going to edit this in time. Like, I might just have to do it, like, Monday night upload or Tuesday. He says that more often than not. <laughs> and we're always like, well, that's fine. Like, you know, we don't have any, like, it's not like we're some corporate head is like, you need that out on Monday or something. It's more just our, like, commitment of, like, we want it out by Monday. It's always been Monday. And, like, I always try and assure him, like, it's fine if it comes out on Tuesday one week. And he's like, no, I need it Monday. Like, even if a lot of times he's, like, uh, at the airport, if they don't have good Wi-Fi, he's like, I have to upload it before we even go to the airport then. Like, I have to upload it at the hotel. And then, like, at the airport, I could just switch it to public or something. It's a lot yes. of that. Oh. Where there's so much of, like, guys, if we filmed on these <laughs> expensive cameras... It would be like a once a month episode then because it would be like, God, that just was agonizing to upload. I feel all this pain yeah. as a fellow YouTuber. I feel it all. Yeah. Does Nick not realize someone else could edit this? Well, he's talked about it of like, oh man, like eventually maybe I'll have to just like offload it to someone else of like, maybe it is we get like a camera crew and we just tell them what we want shot or like they get the shots or something. Like that's still like maybe something that they got on the table, especially if we go to TV and they got to write weekly TV and then maybe weekly BTE. Yeah. And then they're like, well, I don't want to shoot it. That's where I kind of come in and help like knock out all those things of like, I'll have a list of shots we want to get over the weekend and I'll just try and get them all and not because yeah. like, they got enough that they're worrying about. Yeah. And so it's a lot of times like that. And I can imagine maybe it might become like, I'll oh, just, just give it to that production team. Let, let them go shoot all these shots or something. Like maybe I'll just help direct everyone or something, but it's, it's possible, but like, I feel like the charm is that it's shot with a phone. Like if we had those big cameras, we can't do like these airport shots or like while we're driving oh, yeah, or just yeah. like when we get a bent, we're like, oh, we have the time right now. Let's just shoot it. Yeah. Oh, but the production team's not here. We got to wait for them to cut like, right? Like it's, it's, it's what it is because it's stayed how it is. It's yeah. not, we can't really change a lot of that without it. Cause then it'd, it'd lose its touch. It'd lose its feel. If we had like those nice shots, like on road to uh, this, that series, yeah. it would be like, oh, well this is just that then. And yeah. it won't feel like, oh no, it's being the elite. It's yeah. like, you know, they're at a diner and they could just be goofs for a minute yeah. and have a little montage of us doing something dumb. Yeah. That's what it is. Is we need the cell phone to just pop out and just capture this moment real quick. And that's the, cr it's the crazy thing about the world we live in now, yeah. even 10 years ago, we couldn't have done this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I grew up in, if I wanted my parents to, like, tape my hockey game or, like, my school concert, like, we had to borrow the neighbor's yeah, camcorder. Yeah, it was all on. I, I, I've seen, uh, back when we did all that backyarding, we've gone through it all, where it was, you actually put a full-on VHS in the, yeah. uh, the camcorder. Yeah. Then they made the micro ones that you yeah. could uh, put those yeah, in there. But then you TV. have to put those in the, to the adapter, so then you could put it in your VCR. 
all of it. The CDs when they came out, those discs and stuff. Uh, yeah, we've gone through kind of all those different camera like timelines. Yeah, What's, and then now it's just all on a cell phone. That is crazy. And it's, it's like 4K quality yeah. too. <laughs> What's your official title with AEW? Uh, so I have two. I've just as a talent, like you know, all sure. the other wrestlers, yeah. and then the official other one is the executive producer of content. That's a very fancy it title. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you have a business card? <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it sounds like anything with executive in it is immediately. Oh, I'm like the head of something kind yeah. of a thing. But like, yeah, I, I've heard that, you know, in a lot of other film things of like, oh, producer of content or like if you're on a show, it really just means like you make content, you make some products kind of a thing. And so that's all it is, is it's exactly like I was saying is like, they'll task me with something to shoot. I just go shoot it kind of a thing. Like I'm producing that kind of a thing. I'm making that happen. <laughs> are you also create, like, are you the one coming up with the ideas sometimes too? I'll, I'll, it's most of the time it's, they'll have the big grand idea and then I just help fine tune it or mold it or build on it kind of a thing. Um, I haven't had too many where it's just straight from my head. And then like, I've had a couple where it's like from my head and then it's like, oh, they liked it. Like, let's run with that kind of thing. I more like it how it's, they, they got enough creative heads going. Like, I don't want to make it too many cooks in the kitchen. So I, I yeah. kind of know my place of like, hey, just step back, let them come up with stuff and just help them with it, build on it, you know, perfect the way somebody says something of like, oh, they want to get that across. What if he says it that? Cause it also ties into the last week we did too. So I'll just help like fine tune everything is usually what but I'm doing. But it's July as we, you know, put this up right now. Yeah. TV's coming, you know, in the next couple months, things could get really busy. Yeah. Your plate could start to get very full with it, tasks. Oh, I can, I can see that easily. Because just even at Fighter Fest, with how insanely busy they were, there was just there happened to be chalkboards in all the dressing rooms, and so in their chalkboard in their dressing room, in the EVPs one, I just wrote all the the stuff they wanted me to shoot on there. And as I'd shoot it, I'd come back into the room and cross it out, and then go to get like you know whenever I could get somebody else for this shot, I'd go to get that. Um, so I could easily see like that becoming like a thing of not necessarily all just having a list like that, but I have it even on my phone of like stuff to get shot that we've talked about beforehand. And then, like, during the weekend, Matt will say, hey, add this to your list. Like, get this shot with this person. And so I'll add that, and I'll be like, okay, I'll get that with this person. Yeah. Or, yeah, so I could see that easily becoming on TV of, like, they'll have so much that they'll probably give me a pre, like, you know, a list of, like, hey, we, you know, we got this stuff. Or, like, it might be as, as simple as, like, we need an SCU bit. Just put that in your list of, like, we need something with them. Like, yeah. it's not even fleshed out. And then I'll go up to them and be like, all right, what do you guys kind of want to do? Like, we, we definitely need an SCU bit. And then like it'll just be a, it's usually collaborative is the nice thing of like even if it isn't the the heads coming up with it it'll be that of like we just want to incorporate this person this week i'll go up to them and be like what do you guys want to like kind of do or like or they had this idea that they want you guys to do like a reunion scu bit or something like that again because you guys haven't done one in a while and then that's all them that comes up with yeah. it. it's not like we're feeding them any of that it's like we just want you guys to do that again kind of a thing and then that's that that's all their brainchild after that kind of a thing and that's that's the, that raw creativeness of like that we all have as wrestlers that's what's nice is i think a lot of the guys feel fulfilled when they get to do that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. pretty fair to say that being the elites changed your life oh definitely yeah <laughs> my, my my life my wife's life my kid's life yeah <laughs> yeah insane thinking about that i mean when you first started shooting videos on your cell phone for being the elite how long ago was that uh that was probably around all in because i remember okay. when when they first announced that they were going to be doing all that i just offered my service of like i'll fly myself out there for you guys and just help in any way you guys need it just as a friend because and i just was like and i just want to be there for the live event like how awesome would that be to see live like history making event yeah i kind of want to just also selfishly i just want to be there yeah but like i'll help you guys with anything you need and i didn't even know what that meant at the time i was like but you know stuff will come up that they just need somebody 
And then like that weekend, uh, it was stuff like that of, oh, film this, or like, oh, we're trying to get all the talent to meet at the hotel. Can you just go down? Because it was one of the hotels where you need like keys to get up to a certain level and stuff. Sure. So it was like, can you just go down and retrieve that guy, bring him up for us? It was just like an errand boy of like helping in any way I could. And like it didn't go unappreciated. Like they noticed stuff like that, which is great. That like those are the ones that are in charge is that they notice like how hard some people work, even if it's these small little like a you know coffee runner type job. Uh, and then it would just grow more and more with each of their stu- the things they would do. Or like when they're at home, they're like, hey, we're gonna just film this bit at our pool. You want to come hang out and have a pool party? And then like, <laughs> and you can just help us film this bit. I was like, all right. <laughs> It'd be like a lot of that stuff. So like that episode when they were giving me the contract, it, they set me up with that again of like, hey, we just need to shoot some bits for like AAA. Do you, you want to come over and film? And in my mind, I was like, well, Dana's there. Like if they're filming a 30 second bit, she doesn't want to hold the camera. But yeah. I was like, oh, I'm more than happy to like, and I get to just go hang out with you guys. Cool. And then, of course, when I get there, it becomes that whole situation that they're offering me a contract. Yeah, and then we're all crying. <laughs> yeah, <Jeez>. right? <laughs> wow. It was insane how many people at StarCast, uh, at StarCast 2 would come up to me saying, they're like, I didn't even know who you were, but, like, I cried from that, and I looked you up ever since then, and I'm like, man, that is, BTE has a, a huge, like, power uh, among it. That was the first time I experienced how much of a reach they have in the wrestling community. Well, BTE has obviously a ton of power. YouTube has a ton of power. Yeah. The pro wrestling world has a ton of power. Like that, the crazy thing is wrestling brings us all together. It does, yeah. It's, it's, it's cool, because I mean, it's like we all grew up watching that certain style of like, you know, the Attitude Era, or the Ruthless Aggression Era, and like we all loved it then. We were all super fans, and I feel like there, this is kind of like a resurgence of that, of like, oh yeah, like, you know, because uh, in those eras, I remember it was like everyone watched it, even if you didn't want to admit that you watched wrestling. And I feel like right now wrestling's at a point where people are kind of embarrassed to even like tell if their friends aren't into wrestling. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, I know that stuff or something. No, it's uh, I used to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's just probably the, the best quote is that. Yeah. Um, but like I, 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 I'm looking forward to it. it's getting to where it's like it's cool again. It's in pop culture. Like we're at a convention where people are coming up. Like that's when you know it's starting to get like oh man, it's popular and cool again to say like. Oh, I did watch that. I, I've seen it, like, kind of a thing, yeah. Who were the people that you loved as wrestlers growing up? Uh, my top two were Sting and DDP. I was, I was oh, you were WCW, WCW side, yeah, yeah, growing up. Um, Sting uh, might be returning. I don't know what these rumors are. Jeez. Maybe it's just a video I, I love game Sting, rumor. But, like, I mean, after that other <laughs> one, I'm like, please, no, don't do it to him. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's just a, a 2K, uh, you know, rumor. I don't know. That'd be awesome, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Who? So you grew up with the Young Bucks, uh, and they were obviously wrestling fans. Who w- Who did Matt and Nick love and you know, versus who you loved? Uh, I mean, when we started getting together, it was more, I think, t- the beginning of, like, that Ruthless Aggression era more so. Because it was, like, at, in, like, 2000, 2000 or 2001 Okay. And so, like, that was, I remember in those eras when we'd really be trying to like copy everyone in the backyard ring, it was when somebody said it was like the SmackDown Five or like the Big Five in SmackDown, it was like Edge and Booker T and Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, yeah. where they weren't the main event guys, but they were like, oh, they're gonna have a good match. Any match they're in, they're gonna have a good match, like RVD and those types. And so uh, it was a lot of those that we would all like bond together and be like, oh, that was a great move he did there. Or, look at how they did that sequence. And we'd rewatch it and stuff. Or we'd go back and watch like old ECW stuff with like Super Crazy and stuff. Um, and like that's what we kind of like we loved that style so as I mean you see in a young book match like you can definitely tell the style that they picked up from yeah, yeah in those eras uh, do you have a favorite all-time match um, pro- honestly probably the young bucks versus golden lovers uh, when they did that whole tag angle that I got so emotionally involved like I was getting a little teary-eyed during it and like I always say that was probably the best match 
because it had so many aspects to it. It was great physically, like the the Young Bucks matches are always going to be great, like physically of what they can do and stuff, and like you know their their falsies and all that. Um, but then like the emotional stuff behind it, because that was the time that Matt, Matt had the whole back going on, so they were utilizing that a lot. Uh, and you know Matt's selling was amazing in that, where he was like you know selling to the point of tears and stuff. And Kenny was the conflicted one in, in the middle. Like that had so much to it that I was like, oh my god, that might be one of the best overall. Like if you have to like uh, you know check off like oh it had emotion, it had great falsies, it had great athleticism. Yeah. Like it had everything to it. Uh, and, it, you know, it had hype. To, it wasn't just like a one-off random, like, oh, these, this will just be a great dream match. Like, they've built it up on their series and stuff. So I'm like, I think that was kind of the, one of the best matches I've ever seen. <laughs> like, you know, when you look at the, the overall build to it and everything. Do you have a favorite match of your own that you uh, were in? Recently? I mean, I kind of look at my career as two different things. Of When I was a tag team with my brother 10 years ago or so in PWG, and then uh, now that I've been a singles person these last two years, um, so my, my favorite match now that I've had up to date is with Tyler Bateman that we had on Championship Hollywood. I feel like we, we really like told a great story with that. Uh, and then probably back in the day, it, it, ha it was obviously something with the Young Bucks. I, I, it was probably top three favorite matches or probably all three with the Young Bucks in different <laughs> times. Because we had like with PWG, we had like DDT4 tournament matches with them. Uh, and I know one or two of them were I think my top two. And then we had another match with them that's like uh, one of the popular ones on YouTube. But uh, it was one of our last like HRW shows with them and like me and my brother in blue trunks. Um, and that that's probably one of my top favorite matches too back then in the tag days. And it's I mean anyone can have a good match with the Young Bucks, but then it's when when you've trained with them and you got and we're doing stuff that we never do with anyone else. Like that's why it makes it special to me. Is like you know we did stuff that the Bucks have still today never have done with anyone else because it's like wow. you know when you have that level of trust with someone. You know, we're doing things where it's like, oh, man, that was really cool. I hope to ever get back into the ring with them again to maybe try some of that stuff again or try completely new stuff. Yeah. Uh, I get jealous of Ray Phoenix that he's every time he's doing something crazy and new with them. I'm like, oh, man, like I remember when that was like kind of me and my brother where it'd be usually Nick was the Ray Phoenix in the match of like doing something crazy and new that it was like, oh, yeah, well, it's because he trusts us to like base him on that or something. So like I see that and I'm like. Oh man, what it is to like you know have a great match like that and like you know that's what I kind of do in my singles matches now is I'm always trying to do something new rather than like I'll, I'll do you know signature moves and whatnot but I'm always trying to do something new that I'm afraid of of like whether if it's just a moonsault or something off the top where I'm like I mean I'm not comfortable doing it but I feel like as like a creative person I just need to do something to just get out of my comfort zone until I become comfortable with it. Well, as a tag team wrestler yourself. How can you explain what is it about the Young Bucks that make them so good? They they just know like the essence of what it is to like tag wrestling. Like in a match, they they utilize everything that there is of like, you know, if it's just like all the bodies that they could do, they'll utilize like, you know, as much as they get criticized for it, they do utilize like sometimes the tag format of like, you know, getting in and out of the ring and stuff. Um, they just they just know what it is to make a tag match, especially in tag matches. The falsies are going to be way different than a singles match, yeah. and they've I think perfected that of like when it's believable that it's like you need to take out the the partner and then hit something on the other guy to make it believable. You can't just do a big move and then like oh well the other guy's just laying over there. You didn't touch him. Like they understand all those little bits that is to to put something together where it makes it believable. Of like we'd even hit like our top move. 
but it's in such a believable way that we've wrapped this up that we can finish it and people would be happy. And then, no, it's a kick out or like it's a save or something. So like they, they just know and they've been doing it for the longest of anyone. Yeah. Uh, and they've been doing it well <laughs> the yeah. longest of anyone. And so like they just have all the, the, the tricks and stuff like down. They just they just it's all in their head. Well, take me back to the emotional moment that everyone, you know, asks you about him being the elite. The moment that choked me up. Did you realize what was happening when you were re reading those words? No. Uh, so when I was reading it, uh, I, I asked him ahead of time, like, oh, so does everyone got like these voiceovers or is like everyone doing it? And Matt, like, wouldn't give me a straight answer. He's like, oh, yeah, everybody's got something different. And I'm like, OK, well, like, what's, what are other people saying? Like, is it something heavily gimmick or is it all we're all saying I'll be the champion, I'll be the champion, I'll be the champion. And it, like, it's just going to be a huge montage. He's like, we got it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so he sat me on the couch, and, and I kept wondering. I'm like, they haven't even told me what I'm going to say, Nick. And Nick's all, all right, let me get the camera ready. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying. And Matt hands me the paper. I'm like, all right, I guess it's the, it's one of those where they just want your straight read of it. Like, they want the, the actual emotion. So I was like, all right, they don't want it to seem like it's scripted or something. So I was like, and I asked, too, I was like, so you're just getting audio, right? Like, I don't need to look good or anything. And Nick's all, nah. And then the way he was kind of pointing the camera at me, I was like, uh, whatever. Because <laughs> I, like, you know, I just felt like I looked like crap. I was like, ah, whatever, if it's just audio. And so I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm like, uh, in my head as I'm reading this, I'm like, this is so white meat, baby face. Like, it's going to look so dry. It's going to be, I'm the champion, or, you know, it's going to come <laughs> yeah. out like that. So that's what's going through my head as I'm reading this. And then it gets to the part where it says, like, and I took a seven-year break and I started laughing because I was like, how's that supposed to like get me over? Of like, I've been gone for seven years. And so I, I chuckled. I was like, all right, let me restart it. And I started just trying to reread it again to be like, I don't know how I'm going to make this sound good. And I think Matt was thinking I'm reading ahead to the part, uh, you know, where they give it away. And it, it, I'm just trying to reread it of like, I got to deliver this way better because this is like, this is awful. And then so Matt's like, no, like read it. And I was like, oh, God, they really just want me to just straight read this. So then I go through it a second time and read it all the way through. And that's where I get to that line where I just break down because uh, up until that point, my wife and I were always talking about like, oh, maybe when they get to TV in October, maybe they'll throw me a contract or something. Or it'll be often enough that even if I'm just doing it on like a weekly basis, I'll be getting money weekly because we were financially, we were doing OK, like because she makes gear and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we were doing OK. We were getting by, but like we weren't like thriving kind of a thing. And so we were always like counting down until like October where it'll be like, OK, that'll be where we'll start to make money. We live in a rinky-dink, like 900 square foot uh, house with our family of four, with two bedrooms and one bathroom. So we're like, we're kind of like, oh, we need to get out of here. And she's got her work environment. She's sewing in our whole, in our living room. Our entire space is like her sewing area. So for us, it's like October can't come soon enough, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I keep thinking like, and I'm a nobody in wrestling. And all honestly, like they're gonna, they if they're gonna give contracts to people to lock them down from going other places, I'm not going anywhere. Like you know, nobody's making me other offers or anything. Uh, so like, and they know I'm loyal to them. I'm, even if I got an offer, I'd just say, hey guys, they gave me an offer. And then they'd maybe give me an offer or something. So like that was going through my head that whole time of like, all right, we just gotta get to October. And then that they dropped that right there before they even announced the TV. They, they made that a big point too, that Matt was like, we wanna get you before we even announce TV. Cause we know we're gonna get flooded with people coming to us now that they'll realize like this is legit like you know we got tnt kind of a thing yeah so that meant a lot to me too of like oh my god like you guys are giving money to me like for sure like locking me down in a contract when you have so many other people that like that might go somewhere or that you need to save that money to like like bring someone else in and so that meant the world to me that they were they were that kind and that and that like i said they appreciate the work that i was doing for them to that yeah. level where they're like 
No, like we want to reward good work. It's not just like name value. Like we want to, we, like you've been doing great by us. You've been with us since the beginning of this thing, since the inception of it. Like, and you've been unwavering. Like you've been helping us with everything. So like we want to show that that goes reward it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is why you guys are like the greatest people in the world to me. Cause like, you know, a person that doesn't ever need a contract, like even ever, because I'm just so loyal to them. And they, they went out of their way to make sure I got yeah. one like that. And that's where I broke down because it like all that was flooding into my head. Uh, and then just knowing my wife and I will be able to move out of that house soon and like our lives will be changed. Like my kids will grow up in like a situation they, they should be given kind of a thing. It's a, it, it's a touching situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing to get by before? Uh, before, uh, in the, the years that I wasn't a wrestler, I was a personal trainer. Okay. And so that was, the, it was, we were making about the same money that my wife was making, uh, with, uh, that now that she so like is in the last six gear. months, what were you doing for it? It was just her making gear. Oh. And then I was just being an independent wrestler of like getting, okay. you know, shots here and there of like some shows and stuff, but it was heavy relying on her making gear and stuff. Uh, cause she'd be making the bucks gear, SCU's gear. Cody would reach out for a jacket or two here and there. Uh, so she was just like doing these projects and like, I mean, the Bucks get gear like every show. So yeah. <laughs> that was one of our heavy like, all right, well, we can rely on that kind of a thing. And is she now under contract? Not necessarily any, and under contract. because But I, they're not going elsewhere. Obviously, yeah. yeah. And it, she's at this point, she's got so many requests and like uh, she can't do really any of them other than the Bucks because the Bucks get like new gear every <laughs> show. So it's like usually the Bucks and then SCU has been great, too, that they they constantly want some like whatever their their stuff is, just do it in this color or something. So they don't necessarily change up their whole look like the Bucks will usually do, but they'll just want their same stuff, but just another color scheme or something. So those two have been like given us given her so much work that she it's also she can't take on much else work other than that and then like when cody wants a jacket like how he had at um at double, at double or nothing, nothing yeah, that he, huge like prince jacket yeah, he looked like gaston yeah that's <laughs> what we were all like uh, uh saying is either that or like beast uh my daughter yeah. as soon as she was done making it and i tried it on my daughter was like i want to dance with beast and <laughs> it, it hit us we were like oh this is really beast i was like all right, well, we can't say anything because then that no, everyone will see that and they won't see anything That's else. That's right. I've got it wrong. Gaston's the red, the red one. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, he, he showed me, actually, a couple days before Double or Nothing. I interviewed oh, Cody nice. in the hotel room, and he showed me. I'm like, That's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. He's yeah. like, Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Same. We were trying to, like, stray away from that, too. Like, no. But when he comes out and then all the photos he's had, I'm like, oh, He looks yeah. like a damn prince. He looks yeah. so cool in it. That I'm like, it doesn't when he's when he's wearing it with the blonde hair and everything, it doesn't look like Beast. It just looks no. like he's a freaking he's royal. <laughs> he's royalty. Yeah. Yeah. The, and you getting over with that being the elite segment really translated to double or nothing. Your pop was yeah. huge. Yeah, I did not expect that. Like when we were trying to figure out like uh, the order of like to walk out in, I was like, all we knew is like, well, MJF has to come out last. Like, you know, he, he we can't start it with him walking out and there, boo. <laughs> and then I was like, and then we can't have him in the middle. Cause then like whoever follows him is just gonna get drowned out. And yeah. so we're like, all right, well we know him in the back. And then we're like, maybe we should just like alternate a couple faces or heels or whoever. Uh, and I was gonna let uh, Dustin Thomas walk out. Cause I was like, dude, if you want to go out first, like go for it. Like, and then uh, like, I think like 20 seconds before we were all gonna go out. He's like, I don't want to go out first. And like, I understood that. That's why I was also like letting him go. Cause I was like, I don't want to go out first. Like, like, cause, cause you know, we're kind of coming out with no music. The show hasn't yeah. like officially started. It's just gonna be, Hey guys, like, all right, we're going to start this now. And so I understood when he was like, I don't want to do that. And so I was like, I completely like sympathize with that. So I was like, all right, I'll take the bullet. I thought like in my mind, I was like, I'm taking the bullet. I'll go out first and get that awkward. Like, oh, I guess we're starting. Like, you know, no music's going on, nothing. It's just guys are starting to walk out. And so, but when I walked out and I was looking out, I was like, oh my God, this is a huge crowd. Like, this is awesome. And then they all were starting to pop. I was like, 
oh yeah like <laughs> oh my god like it starts just like you know taking your breath away and stuff and then you want to just live in that moment forever and i'm like oh no no everybody else is coming out too like keep walking keep walking that crowd was so ready to like just explode yeah so yeah. no matter anything could have happened in that moment the crowd would have gone yeah, crazy yeah not to take anything away from you i'm just saying like that crowd was so hot yeah yeah no i i agree it's not necessarily it was all just me of coming out of like oh yeah you guys all know i made you all cry <laughs> <laughs> like it was like that's why i was like also uh, gonna let him like go out and just like yeah just get the get the first pop dude like you know and like kind of take one for us all like you know yeah. get that like you know awkwardly come out kind of a thing uh and so that's where I, I felt like i was more like all right I'll, I'll like bite the bullet and go out and then it just turned into that pleasant surprise where i was yeah. like oh and then afterwards i realized like oh man i was the first one to like walk down a ramp kind of a thing or like you know I, I can have that as like a bragging right and i'm like oh man that's actually kind of cool to reflect on of like i was the first to walk like you know we all walk in the ramp before the show and stuff but yeah. i'm like yeah that was the first like all right the show's starting official person to come out so i'm like that's kind of cool jungle boy told me he was supposed to have a spot with you yeah but billy gunn like sprinted out and just started hitting you <laughs> that that match was oh man that was a, a train wreck to try and put together i bet <laughs> yeah all of us that are in the match are probably are, are honestly not really happy with the match if i'm being honest um but i mean i i try and look at it objectively of like all right well like look at it what was presented and like that you know it's good kind of a thing but uh yeah <laughs> your it voice kind of went up there it's good yeah well i mean you, you especially obviously being on the the inside of it just knowing like how hard it was to get all of that and how much was like missed because of like there was just too much made. Yeah. That it was stuff like that where it was like, uh, like, I, like Jungle Boy wasn't the only one. It was like Private Party had another thing. They were gonna do their little Inside Out Tornado DDT thing. They never got to do that. I was supposed to take that from them, kind of a thing. And I remember feeling like, damn it, like I was really wanting to take that from them. And I wanted them to get that shine in that moment. Jimmy now, Havoc almost missed his spot with the cigarette being stapled. Yeah, to it's because there's so much going on yes. at once usually that it was like, ah, oh, man, they're, like, they're not going to get this or, or like this will be going on the same time as that. Or like, yeah, Jungle Boy's going to run out to give me that. And then just something else like, oh, like I guess Billy Gunn might have just like, oh, there's a free body. Just start stomping, like do something. So it's not the run out and just like grab a headlock or something. Yeah. So I, I understood on both ends, but I was like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just because there's there's so much going on. <laughs> well, now that you have the contract, have you guys been able to move out of the small place? Uh, not yet, because uh, e even uh, I mean, in California, it's always like you got to have the, the work for two years kind of a thing before you can buy. And then, oh, okay. so we are looking for places to rent at the moment. Buying in California is not cheap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, your money does not go very far there. Not really. Especially, I mean, in the main cities in California, yeah. But we, we live off in, like, a little, like, desert uh, at the moment. What's so, the name of the city you're uh, in? Hesperia. And so from that sounds made up, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's halfway on the way to Vegas. So that's also where it's like we're still considered Southern California. But like, you know, it's a stretch. To oh, say so you're that. close to Nevada. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere. It's like a, a, to get to Vegas is like a two and a half, three hour drive. Basically, you're in the desert. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's in the desert. So there you get a lot more bang for your okay, buck. That's good. Is yeah. that the same city the Bucks live in? Yeah. OK. Yeah. We all grew up in Rancho and then like yeah. it's just too like you're saying, it's way too much to try and live out there. So like we all kind of moved elsewhere yeah one of my friends just bought a house in hollywood and he's, he told me how much he spent on it and i'm like and you got this yeah the house is fine but you spent like, that even, kind of, even you the have city, a mansion anywhere even else. like the main city closest to us at rancho cucamonga and like ontario that's like a 45 minute drive from us 
I'll have friends that are renting and they're paying like like one and a half times what I'm paying wow. and they have a one bedroom one bathroom like apartment with like you know maybe 600 square feet or something wow. I'm like man like I'm at least renting a house that's you know 900 square feet and like you know when I, when we move to a bigger house it's like it's less than a, uh, sometimes less than a dollar per square foot where like wow. other places yeah oh my god yeah that's, <laughs> so that's where it's like we still get to claim we live in California and like yes. who cares about the little bit more of a drive to get to all the luxuries of Disneyland and the beach and all that because yeah. it's like when you're when you're monthly paying a lot less and getting a lot more who cares yeah <laughs> are you still hoping to work more matches in AEW I definitely oh well, I mean obviously yeah well, we all want to like express ourselves creatively like that sure it yeah. looks like they're you know building a storyline and being the elite with you yeah there's a, there's a couple and of Sammy, that, right? yeah yeah there's there's that kind of going on uh, that I'm hoping to pay off because that'd be awesome I, he's someone well, that I've always wanted to wrestle the Bucks told me in the interview which will probably actually get posted after this interview oh, nice. that everything on being the elite has some sort of payoff that is true. So there it is, Wait, ladies and, and gentlemen. And I, I definitely try and keep track of that for them too. Of like, uh, of like, oh, we haven't done this yet. We need to get that before this pay per view because that's like that's the thing that needs to get to that. So we, we're always thinking as a hive mind of like, we don't want to leave stuff like, uh, like the other companies of like, yeah, we did that and then it never went anywhere, kind of a yeah. thing, or like, or we just moved away from it. Well, at least try and write it off in a way where it's not just going to be like. Yeah, we just dipped out on it. Like, you know, it wasn't holding up well, so, like, you never saw it again. Like, we try and, like, at least, because it's weekly, too, so there's no reason not to do something where it's, like, we have the time. Like, you know, yeah. weekly is really quick. Like, you know, like how Matt was saying, you can build stuff small for a long time. Yeah. Like, you don't have to just, like, build something up for two weeks and then have a payoff. Like, a lot of their stuff before All In was built up for months before it was paid off at All In. And your episodes don't need a certain length. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you want this week's episode to be a little bit shorter, and next week's to be a little bit longer. You don't have a yeah. network going, hey, this needs to be 22 needs to be minutes. Yeah, on the dot or yes, something. That's or like exactly you need to how it works in TV. Commercials, yes. which that, that's something we're trying to keep in mind, too, of when we get to TV. Of like, we're going to have to be writing around commercials and stuff and like and not have wrestling during no, I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's a real thing yeah it's insane to think of that yeah. I'm like I get that like oh we're trying to be the sports side I'm like yeah no sport has any uh you know entertainment or whatever going on during the commercial but I'm like all right wrestling is different in that sense like you could have boring part of the match going on during that and because I'll see how like WWE will do some of that and I'm like so they had these guys come out for their entrance then they'll go to commercial They'll come back and do a backstage promo. Then they go back to the ring where these guys have been standing for the last 10 minutes for the live audience. And then they will start to wrestle. And then yeah. it'll be for like three minutes and go to another commercial. I don't get how that was the way they thought of like running that. I'm like, or just have a seven minute match within that seven minute time you have. But I'm like, this, well. And this was not the case when we were watching in the Attitude Era. Yeah. I don't remember matches going to commercial. I don't either. I remember WCW did it, but they would do it at the wrong parts that you'd be like, what the hell? He just was about to die. Like, you cut as he was running. So, like, well, that was the extreme way not to do it. But, yeah. But no, now that it's way too uh, obvious. It's like they're on the outside, and they're like, oh, as as Raw continues on, it's like, well, nothing's yeah. going to happen for the next three minutes. Yeah. Or, or yeah, and it's literally, they don't even go inside the ring again until they come back. So yeah. then I get like the, the, the FOMO of, of a, oh, I don't want to miss anything that they've done or something. But it's like, uh, this, that's the part of wrestling you got to accept. Like, th there's going to be some stuff well, that happens during it. Or, like I said, if you have a seven minute segment before you go to commercial, maybe fit the whole entrances and match in that seven minute segment. And then when you go to commercial and come back, have a whole new segment. Well, you know why this is different now? 
because of this wrestling company called All Elite Wrestling. Right? Yeah. And I mean, this is me saying this before we even have TV and all that experience. For all I know, when we start TV, I could we could be hit with all that where it's like, oh, it can't be what I'm saying right now. That doesn't work. That doesn't fly for whatever reason. Like that's beyond my knowledge well, at this point. I, I work in television, and a lot of it's uh, with hitting the quarter markers. Yeah. So you need to you want to hit your brakes at like 13 ish, so that you can come back afterwards or before that yeah. to hit both quarter hours with the ratings. That might actually be a thing you guys have to do. Yeah, yeah. And we're 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 getting at least a game plan to prepare for all that, so that. Cause and you work with people who know all this stuff. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So and and like how Matt's learned his way with like all the executive vice president. Like we're gonna learn our way and I'm sure we're going to stumble on a lot of that stuff and like we're going to get criticized for everything you know every wrong thing we might do in the beginning but that's part of learning and like you know I'm already prepared to not let it get to me and like just like yeah well we're, you know that was going to happen it was our first like TV you know. But it must be pretty exciting for you in on the ground floor you're part of these changes that are being made that are affecting the industry as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild when you say it like that. <laughs> but that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, I, I was at Double or Nothing. Obviously, you were there, too, in part of the show. I thought Raw that Monday was going to be, like, guns blazing, like, out the gate. You, like, we're, we're changing everything. Right? I thought that, too, Monday morning. I didn't think about it at all because, like, it, it since we did our pay-per-view on Saturday, like, I didn't think about it. And then Monday morning comes, and I'm like, oh, WWE's, like, they got, they've got they had a couple days. Like, they might fire back. They might, like... Cody did that throne thing like yeah, yeah. I don't know maybe somebody will just mention it like you know especially on the the Hall of Fame the DX thing where they they like mentioned us throughout it they peppered us through it so I was like okay they have no problem with like mentioning us or something and I remember like I, I don't have cable I'm one of those cable cutters so like just on the internet and on Twitter and stuff I'd be trying to find stuff about Raw I remember people were like it's like an hour uh, hour and 12 minutes and still no wrestling matches I was like, what are they doing? Like, we, we gave them, like, you know, we tried to be like, hey, we want to play ball or something. And then, like, they just, no, get that ball away. <laughs> but Fighter so. Fest, for some reason, really changed things. Right, because yeah. Because that Raw was, um, going, you know, the smashing the set. Yeah. That was uh, Corey Graves swearing. That SmackDown was yeah. the middle finger. Like, Something happened at Fighter Fest. Yeah. Oh, that was also the Bischoff and Heyman announcement. And and in, in between that time, wasn't there the whole thing where like somebody addressed like AEW is our competition and stuff like like they, there's a lot that finally was like I think we were kind of getting in their their heads a little bit on that kind of stuff, which I love because I'm like yes, let's play ball like, yes. like we want to you know not necessarily be competition, but it's like we want to at least show that we're aware of each other because that's the worst thing is saying like they don't exist or like we we refuse to mention them. It's like ah like. Like you don't have to do like straight like th destroy a throne every time, but it's like yeah, just tease at something. Yeah. Like that's what being the elite was always doing. Like FTR was made on being <laughs> the elite, and it was like oh, yeah, it's because we're just poking fun at stuff. And like how yeah. I just even said of like the whole little commercial break thing. Like it's just you want to poke fun and like just be aware of the elephants that are in the room and not try and be like no, we can't address that. Like because that's that whole thing of like you can't say this, like you can't say that, and all the WWE guys that can't do interviews because it's like they're afraid of whatever they might say. I feel like we have that opposite attitude of like, no, just embrace it. And yeah. like, just like the fans know it. Don't treat the fans dumb. And like, don't try and like disservice them by saying, oh, no, we don't want to touch on that. Like, yeah. just say something about it. Who cares? Like, it's not going to end the, the AEW is not going to fold because like I talked about this stuff. Yes. Rising yeah. tides lift all ships. Yeah. And like, if, if you guys push WWE to be better, WWE is then going to push you guys to be better. Yeah. And then and everybody else, Ring of Honor and Impact and New Japan and every indie, it's, it's, the best yeah. for everybody. And then wrestling fans win overall. And wrestlers everyone's win. Great. Yeah. Everybody That's wins. That's what I was hoping for is because they gave, I think at the end,
end of that Raw, uh, they gave like uh, Ricochet and Cesaro, and they had a great match. I'm yeah. like, why didn't they start Raw with that? Like that was a, like you have great performers, like use them, let them show their talents, kind of a thing. Like they have the best roster ever. Yeah. And like you know, I'm not ever gonna say the thing of like we have hands down best wrestling ever. No, like we all have great wrestlers. Of, like I will say, Ricochet is like the best high flyer, probably kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's like I want to see him get used. I like I like I've never met him ever, but I like I've seen his work, and the guy deserves to like be used in the right light, kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. So like, whatever company any of these guys are for, I'm just like I want them to get used and like be on TV or you know, a lot of people even in our company are with people in their company, and it's like, well, yeah, obviously by extension. I want good things for them. Like, yeah. you know, like, of course I want Adam Cole to like do good. Like no, he's he, dead he, actually. That's true. Yeah. That's just, but, a but it, it is like with me, it's like, uh, if you are a friend of the bucks, then by default, you're, you're good in my eyes. Like you're a friend of mine. Uh, and so like, I've met Adam Cole a couple of times, but like never really had anything with him, but I wish him the best because you know, he's friends with my friends. So I'm like, Oh yeah, of course I want to see him prosper. Yeah. Kind of a well, thing. I love this idea from you and from a lot of other people I've talked to. It's like, why can't everybody win? Right? Because we can. We yeah. can all win. The fans can win. The wrestlers can win. Like, there is there is a timeline, that uh, like, the best timeline that we all win. And, yeah. like, that's the path, like, we're trying to go down of, like, no, like, we can, like, WWE and AEW can exist together and we can all be happy kind of a thing. Yeah. And, like, you know, we can have fun poking at each other. It's not necessarily, like, oh, they did this. Like, you know, oh, that was bad of them to do that. Bad, that bad form or something. But it's, like. Just, I, I just want to poke them and, like, yeah, poke me back kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah. So how excited are you for TV? Oh, I'm super excited. I can't wait to go through that. It's nuts. It, like, it, it doesn't hit when I'm telling people, of like, oh, yeah, we'll be on TNT in October. Like, I feel like I'm, I say that to people to try and make it real to me because, like, it still hasn't hit, really. I think it's going to be probably that first show we do. And, like, like, any other time when I see the arena beforehand, I'll be like, we got we to gotta do this again next week. Like, it's not just like being the elite bits where it's like, oh, yeah, when we meet up, we'll write that or something. Or like, well, we'll film that. It'll be like, we should probably have a game plan like a few weeks ahead of time on all these. And yeah. Like if you get, if you think you get recognized a lot now or the Bucks get recognized a lot now. Right. Yeah. If we had the same conversation in a year from now. Yeah. It's going to be next level. Yeah. Because it's going to be we're on a public channel that anyone could just be flipping through and like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Or like, hey, aren't you with those those wrestling guys, with those AEW guys? I'm like, yeah. 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 I'll be going. I can't go around conventions like I am just like walking around looking at all the stuff unnoticed. Like it yeah. might be like, oh, aren't you one of those guys? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, when you're wearing a shirt with your name on it. That's true. Sleeveless shirt. Dice. Jacked up, dude. <laughs> I think people know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah. That's like, why I wear these shirts at conventions because I'm like, I want to know all the other D&D nerds that are here kind of a thing. <laughs> like, that's what I do it for. That's why I made this shirt is because I'm honestly like, I want to know any wrestling fans that are also D&D nerds. And like, I want to just like chat with them about like D&D and wrestling. <laughs> that's like the ultimate nerddom coming together. Right, I just yeah. made up that just word fandoms, there. Yeah, like that. Fan, but it's not just fandom. It is. Yeah. yeah. To be D &D, and and it, it is like you got to be a nerd to like play D&D &D and all that. But like, I love it. I embrace that. Like, I'm like, yeah, nerds could still be cool. It's not like nerd is like like a derogatory term no, where it's like oh anymore. yeah you're a nerd it's like oh no you could be cool and be a nerd like what i love i got a man crush on joe manganello that actor because he is huge into D D. and so that's where i'm like granted he's a good looking guy and i always tell luchasaurus he looks like him without the mask um and that's but it, it is that he loves D D, and i'm like oh that's the kind of celebrity i like is like you know <laughs> he's got all the money in the world and like he made a, a, dun a dungeon in his basement to play dungeons and dragons in yeah. That's pretty badass. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You should make one for like one for 
wrestling and then one for D and D. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, we might somewhat get a ring around where we live just so we can. But again, if we're doing weekly TV, we'll always have access to a that's ring right. again. But I know the Bucks are always like, man, wasn't it great when we used to just own a ring and we could just fool around in it? So, like, there's been talks of, like, maybe we should just get a ring again for us. Why not? But, I mean, again, maybe once weekly TV is happening, we'll be like, what were we thinking? Like, we have, we're have we at this ring every week kind of a thing, so we'll see. But, yeah, I definitely I, I feel like I should run a D&D campaign in a ring at some point. <laughs> I get a lot of people requesting that of, like, I hope there's a Bee in the Elite where you just try and run D&D with some of the wrestlers or something. I feel like that would be hilarious, but I'm like – but I think a lot of the wrestlers will be like, wait, what is this? You guys, like, it would take a lot of explaining. And then it would finally be the sit down for like a, a three to five minute bit. And it's like, I just spent like a week explaining this to everybody of like what it is they're doing. <laughs> what would be a funny joke or something? So I'm like, oh man, that's gonna be a lot of work. I'm like, oh, maybe eventually. <laughs> Look, I'm super happy for everything you have going on right now. Thank you. Um, I, I think that it's well-deserved and you're, you're a great example of hard work pays off and I feel like everyone should be able to take that from you. Yeah, I, I try and uh, bring that light to everybody too of like, cause even that I left wrestling for seven years, I try and tell everybody like, even if you've left whatever it is, your passion is, cause I left it cause I got beat down by like life of like, you can't make it in wrestling. Cause that was the era that like indie people didn't make it. And so I got like the whole beat down of life of like, yeah, you just get a normal job. You gotta like suck it up and be a real person in, uh, in the world. But like, I, I always had the dream of like, oh, it'd be so cool to be like, you know, make it in wrestling and provide my family with like money from wrestling. And so like, I try and tell everybody, even if you've given up on your true passion for a while, you're still alive, you're still, your heart's still beating. Like you could still go back to it. It's not like it's ever too late. So I try and instill that with everyone from yeah. my personal story of like, you're still alive, it's not too late. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was great. Actually, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bran Cutler. There you go. Bran. Yeah, just B-R-A-N. Short like for Brandon. Bran Stark. Yeah. All right, thanks again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there you go. You can give Brandon a follow at Bran Cutler. You can give me a follow at Chris Van Vliet. Thank you to Brandon for taking the time to do this interview. Thank you to you for listening. And if you watch this interview on YouTube, or if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm doing a giveaway right now to win an 8x10 autographed by the Young Bucks, who are my next interview. That'll be dropping a little bit later this week. Uh, if you don't subscribe to me on YouTube or you don't follow me on Instagram, well, now you're finding out about the contest right now for the first time. But those are actually two of the requirements to enter the contest, to follow me on Instagram and to subscribe on YouTube. So there you go. That's your chance to win that. They autographed it on camera on the YouTube video so you know that it's legit. Big thanks to our sponsors, Green Roads. Use the code CHRIS15 to save 15% at greenroadsworld.com. Also, thank you to Samson Technologies. Head to samsontech.com to check out all of their audio equipment there. So we got a big lineup coming up in the next week or so. Fight for the Fallen happening in Jacksonville. Well, it's it's Monday as we're releasing this, so it's happening this weekend. Uh, I'll be heading up there. It's about a five-hour drive to Jacksonville from where I live. Very excited about it. If you're going to be there uh, and you see me, please stop by. I'd love to say hello. And I just love talking about wrestling. So it'd be great to see you. It'd be great to talk about some wrestling. And if there's someone in particular that you think we should interview at Fight for the Fallen, drop me a line on Twitter or Instagram and let me know, and we will do our best to make that happen. Until then, uh, keep those five-star reviews coming. Thank you for downloading this, and we will see you soon.